Hey, this is Max from the Arkells, and you're listening to Underground Sports Philadelphia. What is going on, everybody? Welcome into episode number 241 of Underground Sports Philadelphia. KB coming at you from Underground Studios. As always, show brought to you by our incredible local sponsors. And in New Jersey, non-essential businesses can reopen on June 15th. So one more week, all of our local sponsors will have the ability to to reopen to the general public, which is very exciting. Uh, You guys should be supporting local businesses through and through, and especially during everything going on in the world. So a big shout-out to our local presenting sponsors, Main Auto LLC, Ducharms Pro Foot, Security 21, Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated, Bob Novick Automall, Mark Ronchetti, CPA LLC, and the Dental Wellness Center, of Vineland, and of course, our kick-ass merch provider, Design Tree, DSGEntry.com. Search Underground Sports Philadelphia. Gear up for the NHL and NBA playoffs. We've got our Tobias Harris. He reads book shirt. We got the Ben Simmons triple double machine shirt on there. Our Flyers gritty, uh, just hype beast shirt that you guys have seen on a number of our listeners, and you see it in the studio on our banner each and every live show, and all of our other awesome merch. Thanks to our friends at Design Tree. Use promo code DSGN5, save yourself $5 off your order at checkout. And, of course, our badass awesome friends at Tomahawk Shades. They're doing the damn thing, guys. Summer is here. It's getting warmer out. You're going on quarantine walks, potentially hanging out in your backyard at the pool. You need to protect your eyes outside, and that's where Tomahawk Shades comes into play. They've got the best collection and assortment of sunglasses. I have a pair on the way. I can't wait to rock them. You damn well know I'll be putting them on during an episode of a live show. So make sure you head over to Tomahawk Shades. Check out their new reward system as well. Hawk Points. It's simple. You create an account. You follow them on Instagram, Facebook, you get points. If you have a birthday, you get 100 points. And every single order you place, you get one point per dollar you spend. And right now, they have a promo going on. $75 or more that you spend, you get free shipping. I just went through that myself. And if you use our promo code USP at checkout, you save yourself 25% off your entire order at checkout. Helps you earn more Hawk points by spending some more money and getting a discount right off the top of the dome. That's promo code USP at checkout. Shout out to the homies at Tomahawk Shades. Got a lot to talk about on this episode. If you didn't catch our most recent episode with myself and Cam, kind of talking about state of the world right now, uh, I highly suggest you check that bad boy out. It was uh, very therapeutic to talk to 
Cam, who's essentially become uh, part of the network in one way or another with Curated by Cam that we promote each and every week when he drops a new playlist. And uh, we love him to death. So make sure you check out that episode of the pod. And uh, got to give a quick shout out as well to our golf podcast, Get in the Hole, hosted by Jax Michelson, our guy right there. Uh, made it into the top 65 of the Apple Podcast charts on the golf section. Uh, currently still on the charts, which is absolutely amazing. Uh, the work and preparation he's put into that show has been unbelievable to watch it kind of unfold just one episode in. Uh, so shout out to Get in the Hole. New episode of that should be dropping this week. And we'll have a bunch of new content coming out this week as well at Just Another Football Podcast, Outside the Box, and potentially streamer season getting back in the booth as well for another episode uh, over there. But let's uh, let's talk about Roy Halladay because since the last time we talked and since everything has gone down, uh, Roy Halladay's E60 Imperfect, the Roy Halladay story, has debuted. And man, oh man, was it an emotional watch. Um, it was... It was tough at some points to watch that E60 because Roy Halladay, to me, growing up, was just such an idol in sports. He was somebody that I loved to watch each and every fifth day, get out on the mound and just be an absolute surgeon and and dissect hitters, me being the big baseball fan that I am. Um, you know, it was, it was something that really just brought a real intimate human level to Roy. And, um, you know, when I was watching Roy, I was a, I was in high school and, you know, growing up watching Roy Halladay pitch for the Phillies and pitch for the Blue Jays was something that I treasured every single year that baseball came around. You know, I had baseball games on video game consoles growing up. I always made it a point to trade for Roy Halladay or sign him if he hit free agency in the game. Uh, he was like a guy that I just truly looked up to. He's part of the Underground Sports Philadelphia uh, Hall of Fame as a, a posthumous inductee. But I mean, just kind of looking at, you know, from his childhood work in his basement where, you know, he had, you know, bins of baseballs and he was pitching in jeans to to just really zoom in and angle in on his craft of pitching and watching him as a kid grow up and seeing him as a, a young high school kid get drafted by the Blue Jays was uh, some really cool footage to see. And then um, getting into just everything, you know, from getting traded to the Phils, uh, his struggles with the Blue Jays to getting traded to the Phils, uh, you know, going into the 2010 season. He comes in in 2010, throws that perfect game in May against the Marlins, uh, which I, I will remember where I was and the the feelings I felt during that game for the rest of my life. You know, I was sitting in my living room. The Flyers were getting ready for game one of the Stanley Cup and the Phillies were on. And I was just flipping back and forth, flipping back and forth. On our TV, we had an, uh, an option where you could put a smaller screen of a different channel and have a picture-in-picture picture up. So at one point, I had the Flyers in the corner and I was watching the Phillies because Roy was just destroying the Marlins he was on another level and I could just tell something special was going to happen 
And when he threw that perfect game, it was it was just so euphoric for that Phillies team to see Roy accomplish something that he always wanted to accomplish in his career. And, um, you know, it was something I, I never thought I would see my favorite team do in my lifetime be, just because of how rare it is to throw a perfect game. Um, you know, being able to see that go down and obviously not in person because they were down in, in Florida, but watching it in TV on TV and kind of just, you know, inning by inning, pitch by pitch, everything just kind of break down in front of you. And, you know, when the sixth inning comes around, you kind of start to think Roy could really do this. You know, the Phillies could really do this if, if they can continue to play the way they are. If the defense comes up big uh, in spots that they need to for Roy, something special could happen. And, you know, that final, you know, play, Castro throws it over and boom, a perfect game for Roy Halladay. And then fast forward a couple months, it's the playoffs, and Roy gets his first opportunity to pitch in the playoffs in his career. And what does he do? He throws a no-hitter that, of course, now current Philly Jay Bruce is the only guy that prevented him from throwing yet another perfect game because Jay Bruce ended up drawing a walk in that game, and that was the only quote-unquote blemish on uh, Roy's no-hitter in the playoffs from it being a perfect game, did not allow a hit, and... Um, you know, it was it was just so superhuman to see what Roy was able to do when the lights shine the brightest. You know, when the lights shine bright, the stars come out, and Roy Halladay was the poster boy for those moments. Any big moment in a Phillies uniform, you know, when it came time to to really buck up, Roy did it. You know, he came up clutch in so many moments in 2010. And in 2011, and then of course, let's go to the 2011 playoffs when things started to kind of spiral out of control a bit. You know, it was the beginning of the end almost in 2011. And they highlight this in the documentary when the Phillies are playing against the Cardinals in that game five uh, in the playoffs. And that game will always be a bane to my existence because it was just... It was a game that the Phillies could have won. There were so many opportunities, in my opinion, that they could have really just, you know, buckled in and, and won that game. And they end up losing it one nothing. And during that game, Brandy talks about it, Roy's wife. Um, he threw a pitch and he felt his back pop. And, you know, that's when he started kind of compromising some things in that game. And it was the start of the the downward spiral of off the field issues that Roy dealt with you know he he was in so much pain he talked about how he got out of bed one day and he was on all fours and couldn't move because of how much pain his back was in um you know Brandy mentions Brandy Halliday mentions how Roy lost three inches on his height because of this issue and uh he did not opt for surgery and went with the uh, you know, prescription drug route, and um, that ended up being a, a big factor in what led to Roy's death. You know, he got hooked on painkillers. Uh, they talked about how his weight had fluctuated a ton during his retirement. Uh, and one thing they highlighted that I wasn't even too privy to, because I guess I was so young and just so naive when all of this was going on, and not as in tap as I am now 
with, uh, you know, just behind the scenes media things. Roy checked himself into rehab and it was for three weeks the first time because somebody snuck a phone into the rehab facility and uh, he was afraid that his his reputation was going to go down the drain. And he checked himself out immediately after and then he ended up retiring uh, a couple weeks after he checked himself out of rehab and it was just it was I I cried multiple times watching this just because of how much of a hero Roy Halladay was to me you know outside of my family it was it was Brian Dawkins and Roy Halladay for the local Philly athletes along with Jimmy Rollins uh those three were like big time influences on my life you know that whole Phillies team that won the championship really did a lot for me growing up um just you know trying to channel the the underdog in myself and and winning at all costs and you know becoming a team but when Roy got here it was so funny because when Roy Halladay was initially traded to the Phillies I was pissed because of the fact that they had to trade Cliff Lee to get Roy uh not that they had to but they chose to and I loved Cliff Lee Cliff Lee was my guy in 2009 I was like wow like we were so close to winning the World Series back-to-back years. Cliff comes in. Let's just, you know, make another run at this thing. And then they end up trading Cliff. And Roy comes in. And I was like, come on, man. Like, this isn't the move. This isn't great. And I, mind you, I loved Roy Halladay when he was a Blue Jay. Um, but as soon as Roy took the mound that first time, I was like, wow, this guy is a Philly now. You know, it was one of those things where it, it didn't seem real until it actually happened, and, you know, I looked up to Roy big time in high school, and uh, I still to this day, he will always be one of my sports idols, no matter what, and um, just to kind of go through the timeline of his life and how it was just cut so short, it was it was truly heartbreaking to kind of just see how it all went down. Uh, they highlight how he was a, an assistant coach for his son's baseball team as well and got another shot at a championship and, and being perfect. Um, you know, and it was just, I'm getting like choked up thinking about it right now. Um, you know, it was, it was really well documented. Everything that, that was highlighted, I think a lot of people don't really understand the off the field issues that Roy dealt with just uh personally and and with the prescription drug use and you know a lot of people probably watched the trailer and and seeing Brandy Halliday flat out say that Roy was uh an addict uh it's true you know all the tendencies that Roy exhibited throughout uh, his battle with prescription drugs are that of an addict. And it's okay to admit that because even though he was this otherworldly baseball, like, you know, Mount Rushmore, Greek God type guy in the baseball world, you know, it, it takes a lot for players like Alex Rodriguez to sit down for a, a documentary type thing like this and really just talk about how Roy Halladay was your your prototypical and stereotypical 
ace pitcher, everything total package type of pitcher that you want on your team. To hear that from Alex Rodriguez, and we all know there's issues with A-Rod and his steroid use and everything, but I think to hear that from one of the premier hitters in Major League Baseball history, regardless of steroid use or not, I think that is so telling of just the type of player Roy was, and he was just such a good human, you know? He was giving back to the Phillies leading up to his death, uh, being at spring training, you know, for the sports psychology type of things to help players uh, get in the right mental state if they needed it. And I mean, I think the biggest beneficiary of Roy Halladay coming to Philadelphia was Kyle Kendrick because, you know, Kyle Kendrick was that kind of young up-and-coming pitcher with the Phillies at the start of the quote-unquote run and not a lot of people thought he was going to last and as soon as Roy comes in he takes Kendrick under his wing and Kyle Kendrick goes on to have a, a pretty successful Major League Baseball career you know not all of it with the Phillies and it wasn't this illustrious career by any means but Kyle Kendrick ends up being in the in the big leagues for quite some time and I think that's telling because I don't if Roy Halladay is not a Philadelphia Philly. I don't know if Kyle Kendrick lasts as long as he does in in Major League Baseball. You know, he he made his debut in 2007, had a quality 2008. Uh, 2010, he goes to on to have his best record uh, since 2008, and then you know fluctuates a bit and goes on to pitch 10 years in Major League Baseball from 2007 to 2017. Uh, you know, a bunch of those with the Phillies. And then he goes to Colorado and Boston to to end his career. But if Roy Halladay doesn't come into Kyle Kendrick's life, I don't know if he makes it past, you know, maybe 2011, 2012 at the, at the latest. Because I think Roy lit a fire under Kyle Kendrick to be, try to become the best type of pitcher he could be. And, um, you know, there's so many people that benefited from just Roy's presence on this team and in this organization, and that's why the Phillies were going to retire his number uh, on May 29th, the 10-year anniversary of Roy's perfect game. And it would have been the first number retired in my lifetime. You know, I don't remember a Philadelphia Phillies number getting retired ever because they, they're, they're so selective with who they retire. The six players, obviously everyone for the most part knows it's Mike Schmidt, Steve Carlton, uh, Richie Ashburn, Robin Roberts, and Jim Bunning, and then Jackie Robinson. So, I mean, you you look at, at those guys, and none of those guys are in my lifetime. It's uh, it's something that is, is a, a huge honor to have your number retired by the Phillies organization. And I don't think the Phillies were doing it out of haste because Roy passed and they wanted to commemorate it. He's now a Hall of Famer, and a lot of people have that rumor that the Phillies only retire the numbers of Hall of Famers, but they retired a bunch of the current retirees before they were Hall of Famers. So, I mean, it's an interesting complex there. Um, but, I mean, Roy was such a special part of the Phillies organization during the run, and even though he didn't win a World Series with the Phillies, he he 
kept things going and got this team that much better. You know, it was one of those things where Roy Halladay comes in in 2010, he wins a Cy Young, throws the perfect game and the no-hitter in the playoffs, and really just set the tone for what could have been. And that's the shame of it all. It's Roy set the tone for what it could have been. Because in 2011, the Phils go on to win 102 games. They have the best record in the National League. And it was it was just one of those things that it just wasn't meant to be. And um, I think that's the biggest regret I have as a Phillies fan for Roy Halladay. And for, for guys like Cliff Lee and everything. But obviously since Roy has passed, is that he never won a World Series. And that's what the Phillies went out and traded for. Roy Halladay to do is to to win more championships like they did in 2008 and get to the World Series like they did in 2009 but come out on top and things just spiraled down you know progressively they win the World Series they lose the World Series they lose the NLCS they lose the NLDS and then they don't even make the playoffs so I mean for for Roy it's it's something that he will always be an iconic Philadelphia athlete even though his stay in Philadelphia was short-lived it was towards the end of his career but the impact he made on Philadelphia as a player and just as a human will will always live on un, until the end of time he's he's a timeless Philadelphia Philly and that just goes to show you the type of person and the type of player he was because it is so hard to gain uh, a relationship with Philadelphia fans as an athlete, it takes time, and and Roy did it almost instantly. He's he will always be beloved in Philadelphia. He's somebody that you still see holiday jerseys and T-shirts and and everything around the ballpark when we're there around town. You know, people are wearing Roy Holiday jerseys like no tomorrow. He's somebody that will be an icon and a legend in the city of Philadelphia forever. And um, he was taken away from us way too soon. And um, we miss you big time, Roy. But if you haven't gotten a chance to watch that E60, I highly recommend doing so. It is, um, it's well worth the watch. And and it really you know, brings back a lot of memories. It, it, it's insightful. And you learn a lot about Roy and just the the issues and struggles he had off the field. So I definitely recommend watching uh, the Roy Halladay E60. Last time since we've talked sports for the most part, uh, the NBA has announced its return plan with the 22-team format. The NBA and the NBA PA have approved it. This article and everything coming from Woj on ESPN. So the restart of the 2019-2020 season will begin July 31st in Orlando. Uh, the vote was 29-1 to 1, with the Trailblazers being the only team that uh, voted against the approval. So under the, thir- under the plan, 13 Western Conference teams and 9 Eastern Conference teams will play 8 regular season quote-unquote seeding games a possible play-in tournament for the 8th seed and playoffs at Walt Disney World Resort. The top 16 teams in the East and West will be joined by teams currently within 6 games of 8th place in the two conferences. Those would be New Orleans, Portland, San Antonio, Sacramento, Phoenix, and Washington. 
I am pissed because a pandemic keeps J.J. Reddick's playoff streak alive. Uh, That's just absolutely maddening. J.J. Reddick gets to survive another year of making the playoffs in his career where he has never missed the playoffs now due to uh, COVID-19 coming through and this tournament-style playoff happening. Uh, The play-in tournament will include the number eight and number nine teams in a conference. Uh, If the ninth seed finishes the regular season within four games of the eighth seed, in that case, the number nine seed would need to beat the number eight seed twice to earn the playoff berth, while the number eight would need one win from the two potential games. The NBA said the season's resumption is contingent on an agreement with the Walt Disney World Company, which owns ESPN, to use the Walt Disney Resort for all games, practices, and housing, which I believe has gone through. Uh, Teams will begin training in Orlando starting July 9th to the 11th, according to Woj's sources. Uh, The league also offered dates beyond the July 31st to October 12th season window, so that's how long this bad boy would run. With the draft lottery set on August 25th, the NBA draft on October 15th, and the 2020-2021 season likely beginning December 1st. Sources told ESPN that free agency could begin October 18th, with training camps starting November 10th, though teams were told to consider the free agency date as flexible. Uh, So the regular season will extend 16 days, with 5-6 to games per day. There will be four hours between games on each individual court to accommodate overtimes, cleanings, and warm-ups. The league will be using three courts in the complex for games. Uh, In the eight-game regular season format, each team is expected to play one back-to-back. The NBA is expected to be aggressive in moving up the dates to start playoff series when the previous round series come to an end. The NBA Finals format is expected to include games every other day. So, for the most part, it looks like the NBA has their plan in place, uh, just like hockey does. So, it's it's going to be interesting to see how everything plays out off the court as well as on the court. Um, you know, there's going to be a lot of things to consider when it comes to our Philadelphia 76ers. Right now, they are in the sixth seed, uh, and everything with that OKC pick still is in play right now. So, the Sixers need to finish worse than Oklahoma City if they want to keep that pick that they currently have possession of. Um, you know, it's it's going to be interesting to see just how teams kind of get back into this. This is kind of going to be a free-for-all type of tournament because we don't know how in shape everyone is. Obviously, it's a lot easier for NBA players to have a court at their house or, or somewhere where they can go to work out, unlike the NHL where there's no ice for you to skate on uh, just leisurely, um, you know, during lockdown and during, you know, quarantine right now. But to, to see that the NBA is coming back is exciting. You know, the Sixers make us want to pull our hair out constantly uh, with just their the way they play. But it, it's so Sixers that they get this opportunity to play in this tournament style uh, type of situation that they would probably go on and win the NBA title with this and not have any fans at a parade. But this also makes me want to pull my hair out because not only is the NBA on you know track to come back, 
Not only is the NHL on track to come back, Major League Baseball continues to fumble the freaking bag, and it pisses me off to no end. You know, nobody knew when the NBA was going to come back, especially knowing that the NBA had the first confirmed athlete with coronavirus with Rudy Gobert. That's what shut almost the entire world down, is Rudy Gobert testing positive for coronavirus. The NHL shuts down. Quote-unquote, nobody cares about the NHL. According to Max Kellerman, Claude Giroux with the epic clap back telling Max to settle down. And everyone thought baseball was going to be able to figure this out. Because it, it just made too much sense for them not to. You know, there there was an easy way for baseball to, to kind of get this thing back on track because it wasn't figuring out a playoffs. They just had to get their season started. And right now it doesn't look like baseball's even going to get played, which is hilarious to me. Being the big baseball fan that I am, I'm so sick of these owners just just trying to... They just look like ultimate babies right now you know the players are doing everything they can to secure their bags and and they have every right to you know they were promised things from the owners the owners publicly said that this was going to happen and then they they crawl back on their offers and look like cowards so when people try to talk about oh this is on the players no it's on the owners looking like absolute buffoons trying to to just belittle the players out of a season is what it almost looks like you know there's a lot of people that are optimistic a season's still going to happen we're sitting here right now on uh june 7th recording this on sunday night i don't see how it happens you know the optimistic uh spring training part two was supposed to happen three days from now on june 10th and have a July 4th return. There's no way in hell that happens. There's no way in hell. And this whole 50 game proposal. I just don't see it happening guys. I don't see it happening. And it's a damn shame. Baseball can't get out of it's own way. And that is why they keep. Continuously falling behind. You look back to 1994 when the strike happened. And baseball lost a ton of its fans. Baseball is going to lose a ton of fans because of this. And it's going to be sad. It's going to be pretty pathetic that the owners just couldn't get out of their own way for their sport to come back. And they had the opportunity to be the first sport to announce that it was going to come back. And they fumbled that bag as well. So shame on the baseball owners. I, I, I'm just so fed up with them. And they're just child tactics on on trying to make this work. It, it's just sad and it's pathetic. So, But let's get back to the NBA. But before we do, got to talk to you guys about our friends at Tomahawk Shades. They're doing the damn thing. I just ordered a new pair of sunglasses. They should be here coming up this week. They're fit for any lifestyle. Listen, listen to me, guys. Tomahawk Shades, they're doing, they're doing the damn thing. Two brothers with a big idea started on Long Island. And their their thought process is why spend a hundred plus dollars on shades that are just gonna break when we can make our own that are even better. 
It's the exact quote from Andrew Shapiro, the co-founder of Tomahawk Shades. They're doing it right. You know, it's a quality product for an affordable price. You guys see me in my blue light glasses all the time. You see Dom and his. My sister's got a pair. I've, I've had a number of you guys posting on your Instagram stories and posting on Twitter that you've caught pairs using our promo code that I'll give you guys in just a second. Uh, I'm, I'm always thoroughly impressed every time I pick up a pair of Tomahawk Shades with just how quality of a product they really are. They're doing the damn thing in the best possible way. Um, it's not going to cost you your entire paycheck like some other brands. And they've got a new reward system. They've got an insane replacement and guarantee policy. They're just they're just doing everything the right way. And it gets even better. Outside of the rewards program that we talked to you guys about at the top of the show, outside of their replacement plan, they've given us their best promo code for us to give to you guys. And that is promo code USP. It's going to save you guys 25% off your entire order at checkout. I don't know how you can beat that. Promo code USP saves you 25% off. And right now, if you spend over $75 on Tomahawk Shades website, you are going to get free shipping. Free shipping on all orders over 75 Plus, use our promo code USP. You can't beat that. You're not paying for shipping. You're getting 25% off of your order. And you're getting Hawk points on your account for every dollar you spend. Tomahawk Shades doing the best sunglasses in the game right now. Quality product for an affordable price. Use our promo code USP to get yourself some badass shades. Back to the NBA though. Uh, according to Tim Bomtemps, this came out on June 6th. Uh, as the NBA continues to prepare... For its return to the court next month in Orlando, it's determined that the order in the standings will be determined by winning percentage. That decision could play a pivotal role in how the race to take part in a potential playing games for the final playoff spot in the Western Conference plays out, specifically between the Trailblazers, Pelicans, and Kings. It has also been decided ties will be broken via the league's typical tie-breaking procedures. Teams were informed of both decisions via memo, Friday night updating teams on the league's work toward returning to play at Walt Disney World. Um, it, it's very interesting that they're going to use winning percentage because the 22 teams that are heading to Orlando have played varying number of games, anywhere from 63, which they use the San Antonio Spurs uh, as the example there, on the low end to 67 on the high end that the Dallas Mavericks have played because the league chose to have each of the 22 teams play eight seeding games in Orlando. That imbalance in the schedule will remain when those games have been completed. Uh, so to figure out everything, it's going to be by winning percentage rather than your actual record. Don't know how I feel about it because it could jumble a bunch of things around. Um, I don't think it does too much for the East. So... You know, the Brooklyn Nets are six games ahead of the Wizards. If if the Nets finish tied with the with Washington for what would be the ninth spot in the playoffs, Washington won the first two games. 
in those matchups this season, uh, and they were scheduled to play once more. That happening, however, would require the Wizards to finish with six or more wins than Brooklyn across those eight seeding games. So doesn't look like the the win percentage totals is going to have an effect on the East, little if at all. Um, so it's going to be interesting with this NBA playoff. I'm excited for it. It's probably going to have a summer league vibe to it. Uh, with just the low number of courts, the low number of time in between games. Probably going to have games on all day long. So uh, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a lot of fun to see the NBA come back and kind of run from the you know middle point of the summer, starting July 31st, all the way through the, the middle of fall in, in October. This is something we've never really seen before, even during the lockout year in the NBA, uh, when things got started around Christmas and just ran regularly. So, I mean, to have, you know, everything. And I, I was thinking about this the other day, too, and I heard it on a couple podcasts that I listened to. Uh, the amount of time that, that teams have been off, it's going to be like a normal offseason for the most part. So the accelerated offseason shouldn't be too daunting I'd say because teams have had off since the middle of March and it's going to go through until July so almost you know three and a half months of off time is a a typical off season if you think about it because you go from you know about June if you're not in the finals all the way through to you know beginning of October when training camp would typically start September maybe it's it's almost like a, a typical off season, just right smack in the middle of, you know, the ending of the regular season and what would have been the playoffs. So it's uh it's gonna be interesting to see how everything just plays out from the time this this play in tournament, um, you know, these seeding games and then the regular playoffs start and finish through the NBA Finals to when free agency would actually begin. I think that's going to be the most interesting part of everything outside of the draft and how that operates is how free agency is going to go down because teams know that money's going to be a lot different than in most years. Uh, player salaries are going to be shortened and you're going to have to manipulate the salary cap in a big way. And uh, I think we're going to see a lot different style of an NBA offseason when it comes to free agency and, and players coming and going than we have in the past. I think we could see a lot of teams just re-sign current players to cheap one-year deals until the salary cap kind of fixes itself when we have another full season again. We have fans in the stands to generate you know, money to uh, you know, go off and, and pay players. So that's something I'm interested in. I'm going to try to get a couple uh, NBA experts on the show and hopefully get Matt back on the show sooner rather than later as well. And hopefully, you know, with things starting to turn back to normal, Matt will be able to be back in the studio with us. And uh, we have a website coming as we've teased to you guys. So we'll be able to write a bunch of stuff about the draft and about the playoffs and everything. This summer is going to be very loaded for underground sports from our golf podcast happening to the PLL Championship Series on OTB that we'll be covering to the NBA and NHL playoffs. Uh, football, obviously, is a big thing, so we'll see how everything goes down in the NFL. 
And who knows if Major League Baseball is even going to get started. It just sucks that we can't be at the arenas and at the stadiums yet. But, uh, you know, we got a lot planned, and it's going to be a lot of fun to see how summertime hockey and summertime basketball uh, really bring us together uh, in terms of, you know, not having real live sports for the most part since March. Uh, It's exciting to know that these are around the corner and that uh, we'll have some actual games to talk about. We'll have a lot of content coming your way. And that's why you guys should be following us on the Twitter, at UndergroundPHI on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, I know I haven't gotten a chance to reach out to a lot of our intern applicants. Don't worry, it's just been a busy week. Um, My laptop took a dump on me. have to get that fixed uh, next week. But if you applied for our internship, don't worry. I will be reaching out to just about all of you this week. Sorry for the delay. Um, but follow us on Twitter and Instagram at UndergroundPHI. You can follow me on Twitter at KBIZZL311. And make sure you guys subscribe to the podcast. Leave those five-star ratings and reviews. Let me know what you guys think about the Roy Halladay documentary, what you think about the NBA's return to play, plan with this 22-team showdown in Disney World. Uh, what do you think the Sixers are going to do when they come back? You know, are you excited? Are you intrigued? Are you just like, man, why, why is this team coming back? Um, anything that comes to mind, leave it in our podcast reviews, five stars only because we have standards and we know you do too. And then, uh, if you don't have an iPhone, you can check us out on Spotify, Google play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, the tune in app, iHeartRadio, radio.com, wherever you get your podcasts, we are there. Um, Big shout out to the city of Philadelphia. You guys are showing out during this time where uh, we need you the most. Uh, so if you are protesting, just stay safe. Um, you know, wear the the right protective uh, gear that you need, and uh, just protect yourselves, protect one another that are fighting the good fight. You guys are extremely appreciated. And um, if you can't go out and protest, you know, make sure you sign petitions. You know. Be on the right part of history. Like we told you guys, this isn't going anywhere, you know, going away anytime soon. We we got to make sure things are, are done the right way. So shout out to everybody in the city of brotherly love in South Jersey and in New Jersey as a whole doing the damn thing and fighting the good fight. You guys are incredible humans and uh, we're all there with you because Black Lives Matter, guys. It's a, it's a true statement. So get with it and and get behind the movement because it's not a moment it's a movement and uh we love each and every one of you guys um we'll be back on wednesday live hopefully talking about some new stuff uh going down with the nba the nhl any mlb updates uh and maybe we'll have a guest on the show as well to just shoot the shit and keep you guys entertained during uh you know this quarantine and Everything's still going on. If you are in New Jersey and and things start opening up, just be smart, be safe, and do the right things. You know, don't just jump into it because it's open. Um, Support local businesses like our awesome sponsors, Main Auto LLC, Ducharms Pro Foot, Security 21, Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated, Bob Novick Automall, Mark Ronchetti, CPA LLC, and the Dental Wellness Center of Vineland, and of course, our kick-ass merch provider, DesignTree, DSGNTree.com, 
Search Underground Sports Philadelphia. Gear up for the NBA and NHL playoffs with all of our Sixers and Flyers gear. And use that promo code DSGN10 for $10 off at checkout. And of course, like we said, our awesome sponsors at Tomahawk Shades. Use our promo code USP to save yourself 25% off your entire order. Sign up for the rewards program to earn Hawk points. You get a Hawk point for every dollar you spend. Uh, And if you spend $75 or more, you get free shipping on your order. It's our friends at Tomahawk Shades. Quality product for an affordable price. Do the damn thing. Protect your eyes in all the right ways with some sunglasses and some blue light plus boys. You guys are the absolute best. Thank you for continuing to support us through everything. You guys are doing the damn thing. And uh, can't wait for for sports to be back. It's going to be a wild ride. And uh, we can't wait for it to start. So uh, this has been episode number 241 of Underground Sports Philadelphia. I'm your boy KB signing off from Underground Studios. Like I said, do the right things. Be safe. Be kind to one another. We are signing off. Peace.